Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from Lighthouse Hockey and the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this rainy Sunday morning is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, the weather outside this whole weekend, I think, is uh, reflective of how you and I and a lot of Islanders fans feel. A uh, very sad ending to the season, a very abrupt ending. We're going to talk about at length here in the first half of this episode. Probably going to be a, a bit of a longer episode. But uh, yeah, I mean... If you had told me the Islanders would lose in six games to the Hurricanes, I don't think I would have been surprised. But once again, this team, the way it went down, made it as excruciating and painful and uncomfortable as possible. <laughs> and uh, that last game was was no different. Uh, how are you feeling about 48 hours or so after the events of Friday evening? Still quite sad about it. Uh, I thought the the way that it all ended was just so unnecessarily evil. <laughs> You know, like, right. It would have hurt no matter what. Cause that's how, uh, yeah. Sports are. And there's, if it was a, a shot from the point that just got tipped or whatever, but it, and it was always going to be abrupt. I, I remember being at Nassau Coliseum for when the Penguins eliminated the Islanders in that series. Mm. And just that feeling of like, oh, okay, this is yeah. it. The infamous Brooks Orpic overtime yeah. goal. <laughs> um, I that that game was on my mind a lot throughout the day, yeah. because 
you going into the the arena knowing that you could feel that way again uh there's a possibility and although the the feeling was similar i think this one felt even more cruel because that team had some youth youthful spunk to it they were this upstart underdog against the penguins and the the way the goal was scored it wasn't like this one where we had to watch I'll never watch that goal again, I hope, because I, I haven't I, seen it again since it I happened. Can't, I cannot stomach the thought. And, and our, our friend Rish, uh, Doc Ed on Twitter was saying the same thing. Like, just watching Sorokin realize what just happened and Pellick with his face in his hands was that was just too much. I mean, that was Sorokin was so good that whole game, and has been so good that whole series. I likened I liken what happened if to like if if you were watching a fairy tale kind of movie, and there's there's the prince who in this case is Sorokin, and he's just slaying de- dragon after dragon and vanquishing all these evil foes, and he's about to save the princess, and he just falls down and a flight of stairs, and that's the end. <laughs> he was so good and the that goal Mm. being the end of what will likely be at at least a few of very important players to us and and this this team and the core um like it was just so unnecessarily cruel Mm. uh and when i i think i'm not complaining about the bounces that have gone against the Islanders in, in, in that series. Uh, but what I'm, I'm instead, I'm just bringing them up again, just because just to think about all the things that had to lead to this moment mm. being such a devastating turn of events with, whether it was the, the missed high stick, the, the Pollock penalty in game one, mm. the, uh, Parisi, uh, Post goalie interference, yeah, yeah, Preci goalie interference, Preci hitting the bottom of the crossbar, yeah, uh, Aho foul ball into his own net what? from from <laughs> forty yeah. feet away, and every everything that's gone on through like this season is as we've talked every week, just the the twists and turns and ups and downs and the emotional baggage it's just lumped on us. All of that to to lead to this moment, mm. uh. So like I said, I'm not complaining about the bounces. I don't think that does any good, but you you should acknowledge that they happen because it all it's there's so many layers yeah. to it, right? It's not just the bad goal. It's it's the bad goal was a the culmination of uh a a, a cr- um unbelievably asinine amount of weird things that happened mm. and the the ride that we went on. And that's how it ends. And that's why I feel like it was evil. And the hockey gods were, were just playing with their food all series. Like, like, oh, let's see. Let's, let's convince these guys that they have some hope here. <laughs> and then we'll yeah. just, just wait till they see what the final act is. Mm. And what we have in store for them after the final act, 24 hours later, out of town scoreboard style. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that stuff in the second half. <laughs> uh Saturday was just as uh depressing for Islanders fans as Friday was for 
different reasons, but but it's funny that you you mentioned the uh, the uh, twenty thirteen series against the Penguins because I hadn't thought about it, but there are a lot of analogs, uh, although it's not a direct comparison, and one of those being that you know had things broken different ways in different in in certain games it's not hard to imagine the Islanders could have won this series and game six is a perfect, you know, uh, analog of that because for two periods, that game was all Islanders. Like, yeah, it was, the score was only one, nothing, but they outplayed the hurricanes thoroughly through 40 minutes of that game. Yeah. The hurricanes had a, a couple of pushes in the second, but like the first period was all Islanders. They, they had all the shots. They had, uh, the only goal was on the Cal Clutterbuck snipe. They they ran that team out of the building in the first period. In the second period, again, a little pushback, but the Islanders answered every Hurricanes pushback. And in fact, I forget if it was Brendan or Butch mentioned that. Like, yeah, every time the Hurricanes, you know, push, the Islanders push right back and, and come back with a good shift of their own, usually by the Nelson Palmieri Engvall line. So going into the third period, I had all the hope in the world that they were going to just continue to do what they do. It just felt like the script for the series was do a one nothing uh, victory, you know, for Ilya Sorokin because uh, again he had struggled a little bit in the first couple of games, or not struggled, but didn't quite look like himself maybe. And then the third period starts, and the Islanders basically stayed in the locker room. They just never even almost participated in that period, uh, and it was embarrassing and infuriating and i was i was by myself my wife is a teacher she was uh chaperoning the junior prom at her high school at that point my daughter was upstairs watching her her shows on the ipad and i just sat downstairs with the grumpy cat look on my face in front of the laptop for the entire period because i just kept waiting for the islanders to actually show up and they didn't shots were 19 to 5 carolina i can't even believe the islanders had five shots in that period that's how lopsided it was and of course, they tied the game on on again, you know, foreshadowing the goal that would win the series. Really, a very strange bouncing play. I mean, Sorokin kind of made a save. The puck kind of flipped up in the air. It landed, you know, foot away from his skate. And there's Sebastian Ajo, a Hurricanes version. And he just bats it in. That's the goal that beat him. It wasn't a clean shot. It wasn't, you know, being peppered or anything or a power play goal. It was just this weird fluky bounce. And I was just. I was so mad for the entire period that I couldn't even breathe at times. I was infuriated. And this is a pattern that goes back to the regular season, kind of goes back to last year, although there were a lot of extenuating circumstances we've talked about a lot. This, this team just does enough, or at least what they think is enough. And then they just take their hands off the wheel and they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, guys, you, you can't do that. And and I think I made this joke in the last episode. Everybody I knew, including yourself, was basically at the game uh, except me. And my buddy Gio was there, and he texted me, hey, free hockey, when they were going to overtime. And I just I, – actually, I should text him and apologize because I just went off on him. Like, what do you mean free hockey? I don't want free hockey. I want a team that's going to – that knows that NHL games are 60 minutes long. This is not that team. I don't understand. How is it possible that you have a chance to force a game seven and you just decide to take a third period off? That to me is more infuriating than the overtime goal, which you know we'll talk about now. Again, the Islanders came out with good jump. Bo Horvat almost ended that game thirty seconds into overtime. <laughs> like he had a great chance right off the bat. The Islanders had a number of great chances right off the bat, but Adam Pellick has the puck behind his own net, goes for a routine clear, 
I, tomorrow is is clear out day, and if Adam Pellick said that he was nursing some sort of wrist injury or something, then maybe this play will make a lot more sense. But as it is right now, he just fanned on it. He just airmailed it right to Derek Stepan, who hadn't left the zone yet. Stepan found Paul Stasny, who was on the goal. You know, he's getting towards the goal line, and he throws the puck basically at a 90-degree angle towards the net, and it goes in off of Sorokin. And it's funny because we've seen goals like that go get scored before, and usually they're they're up high. They're up over the shoulder. The goalie's not maybe covering the post. Maybe it bounces off his shoulder or his mask, something like that. This was low, and it went off his skate and in. And it's like, it, it's a bad goal, but it's really more of just an unlucky bounce. And I was just, I, I couldn't even, I was just stunned. I couldn't, I couldn't even move. I couldn't think. I couldn't breathe. Like, I was just so mad at everything <laughs> after that. I'm still mad. I mean, you can hear my voice. I'm still mad about this because this team took, a game seven, a game seven, and a game six victory, and a game seven, and just basically threw it away. I'm not mad at Ilya Sorokin for giving up a bad goal in overtime because bad goals happen, and he's been—they wouldn't even be there if it wasn't for him. So there's that. But I'm just so mad at this team that's supposed to have this great room and all this great culture and this great leadership and everything. Just decided, nah, two periods are enough. Uh, we don't need to play a third period. It's fine. I just—I I still can't believe it. I'm still thinking about it now, and I'm still mad about it. How is that? How did that happen? How is that possible? And then, and then you, you you hear the coach afterwards saying, "Yeah, we took our foot off the gas." You think you took your foot off the gas? You didn't. You weren't even sitting in the front seat lane. Your guys were sitting in the back seat. There was nobody sitting in the front seat. Car wasn't moving. You didn't take your foot off the gas. There was no feet in the car anywhere. I, I just, I'm still stunned by this. I mean, you were in the building again. Like, what was the feeling at that point during that third period? Because, I mean, everybody was in great spirits throughout the entire game. The energy was great. People were in full throat. It was fantastic. And then just something changed in that third period. And I can't even imagine what it was like, but like you were there. What was the feeling like? Yeah, it was uh, everybody, everybody kind of had the same attitude. Uh, I'd, I'd meet up with people in the intermission after the first intermission. Okay, got the lead. After the yeah. second intermission, uh, everybody on in the building knows what the, the job is here. Right. Which is just keep doing what you're doing yeah. and know that there's a push coming. Yeah. Yes. And, and I get that like, it's going to be harder in the third period up one, nothing with them throwing everything at you to ensure they don't go back to Carolina for a game seven. I get it. Like there's two people or two teams out there. So hmm. Carolina played better. The Islanders played worse, but what it was frustrating because of like it just seemed like they just were not they were almost confused why the 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 hurricanes didn't just fold up the shop yeah uh, and accept their fate that this was going to go 7 and everybody as as the period went on i mean the frustration was just mounting in the crowd and they knew mm. it and uh, well, because it's like at first, like you said, we all knew there was a there was a push coming and you figure, OK, five minutes, weather the storm. We've heard that before. Right. Weather, five minutes, 10 minutes, then eventually take the game back over. That never happened. That eventually right. never came. Yeah. And and this was this is one of the themes that we've been talking about with this team all season, which was being reactive rather than proactive. Mm -hmm. um, and it seemed like this entire series was. Uh, another kind of more evidence of that whether it be the kind of the lack of change to a power play that 
couldn't get worse. So even if you had thrown Sezekis, Martin, Clutterbuck out there with Romanov and, and Mayfield, mm. they're not going to do worse than what the power play has been doing. So it re- you really could do anything to change up the personnel. And it took till game six for them to mm-hmm. switch Aho for Dobson. And boy, it worked until Anders Lee took a penalty. But it was like, <laughs> That that to me maybe was the most infuriating part yeah. of this whole th- series. Actually, you know that that third period sucked. I get it, but seeing them finally make that move and just thinking, mm. "Holy hell!" Everybody and their mother knew knew that Noah Dobson was kind of flailing out there, and mm. not just in the series, but just generally since January. Right. Um, and he's he's the the power play quarterback of a power play that's going down the shitter and you don't think those two things are related until game six of of a playoff series which your power plays one for 18 and his unit is over like that's when you make the move and that's that's kind of what's been the biggest problem i think with with this team the whole season was was just being waiting till the very very last minute to to make those changes and uh we we kept joking like do they think that there's another game after this? Like after that, that Washington game, like, right. Oh, we didn't start well. Like, mm. yeah, but you, do you understand what's, do you realize the situation you're in? You're yeah. it's game six, it, you know, game five, you're down three, one, and you're still running back the same power play and whatever. And, and, and I think all those things kind of maybe culminated in that third period, which is let's see what they're going to do. And then we'll try to right. figure it out. And by the time you do that, you're you're already on your heels. So there was there was no there were no re- adjustments to deal with it to deal with that push and um it's it's sad because the Islanders like you said like they're they were the Hurricanes were there for the taking uh from for this team and this was not a lopsided series in any at all. shape or form. <laughs> and and the and I don't think the Islanders really played to their like highest level either like they yeah. they've had they had moments where they played really well yeah. um for sure and and like i'm i'm i was so happy that they gave us like our first three playoff games at ubs and you know there were there were some really fun bright spots to not just the season but the series and the but like these this is kind of what this whole season's been is the ups and downs and you just hope that somehow you end on an up whether even if it didn't end with the islanders winning the stanley cup but like uh that that all of this kind of became worth it and as you're walking out of ubs arena in the pouring rain trying to just wrap your mind around what what just happened how this just ended like the amount of questioning myself i did on that walk to my car uh was bizarre like like this team is such a huge part of my life like i'm i'm gonna let this team the fact that the way that that ended that a journey that i knew in my heart of hearts was gonna end this way like there was no way the islanders were not gonna do something like this to (laughs) to to end this this season i knew it was coming and still wanted to believe and did and let this result now kind of just ruin a whole weekend of my life like think about how much time we devote 
to to this team in a given season, especially one like this, where every game yeah. from basically New Year's Day or February 1st on was incredibly high stakes. It's been exhausting, to be blunt. <laughs> yeah, I cannot wait just to take a break from this team, honestly. And so you think 82 games, three three hours a night, you miss a few. Mm. Then you think about them, you know, while you're doing the dishes and stuff. It's like thousands of hours a season, right? right? Like, yeah. And not just because we, we talk about them on the podcast, but anybody, like mm. anybody who's invested in this team is, is not just casually invested. Right. Everybody, everybody's invested like you would be to a a loved one almost yeah. and you're you you look back after a goal like that and you're like I just I did all of that I just went through all of that mm. to watch that happen to to the to my team like it's 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 so unsettling from a from a human level mm. uh and you just almost just everybody here everybody probably was just like why do i do this to myself nobody left that building or turned that game off on friday night and thought man can't wait till october yeah (laughs) well i was gonna say like you you just said ruining your weekend i mean i'm i'm expecting to have my entire summer ruined by this and then at least the next the first two or three months of the next season depending on how they get off what kind of start they get off to. Like if they get off to a good start, you'd be like, okay, you know what? Last year was a weird one. Now the team is better. If they get off to a bad start, this feeling is going to last all through next season. Like it's potentially because, and when I say this feeling, I mean like this feeling of sort of incompleteness, questioning what went wrong. How could this have happened? How, how could they have done that? Just you name it. And and it's funny to get back to what you were just saying a second ago. So for a calendar year, 365 days, there are 8,760 hours. And I mean, it, it's easily to understand us spending at least 2,000 of those 8,760 hours contemplating the island. And yeah. like that might increase now because of this yeah. and the questions that it raised. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. It's truly ridiculous. Yeah, you, you go from... You know, I we all talk with with so many Islander fans, like throughout a day, and think about the Islanders just like mundane shit, mm. folding yeah. laundry. Like right. when I'm folding laundry, I'm like, all right, just think about the Islanders and in the shower is a big yeah, one. In the shower, yeah. ten minutes, ten minutes of my life, right? You know, just it's it's like one of those things where if if you like, you're like oh yeah, I can I can you know afford to 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 pay this and and mm. pay up for this and whatever, and then. You think about over like the course of a year, like oh those those pennies add up or whatever. So the Islanders, same thing, and all that that effort now, like not yeah, like perfectly put. It's it's not going away. Now we just when you think about them, it's just going to be worse. <laughs> yeah, right. Because there's a lot of unknown. Uh, there's some kind of t- tough moments coming that we've we've known about that that need to come frankly and uh and also like we're in a little bit of a nightmare once again not to keep bringing up the out-of-town scoreboard but like (laughs) that's not helping like there's there's so many layers to this cruel twist of the knife that you really have a hard time 
believing that, like I said, the hockey gods just aren't yeah. having having just a laugh at us right now and just deciding, you know, we gave them that dynasty 30 mm. some years ago, 40 years ago. Why, uh, you know, why would they expect not to, for us not to <laughs> just make their lives miserable since then? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's tough because like you, they did <laughs> at, at the same, like, I'm sure, you know, this is still just less than 48 hours since they lost and mm. whatever, but, and I'll look, look back on the season and be like, well, you know, they made the playoffs and there were some good things and there's some, some, some folks who we got to see flourish and there were some mm. fun storylines and, uh, but you know, and the way it just the way it ended and and the final chapter of it is it's always going to send a shiver down my spine and this is perfect actually so i'm leaving the game and a lot of times as when i'm leaving like i won't see emily till the next day because she's she's asleep by the time i get home and she'll say like she looked up the score and 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 would be able to know if i would be in a good mood the next day or not (laughs) which is once again right sad right like that's pathetic and i should be a stronger person than that but this team has ruined me, so I'm not. <laughs> and uh, she was up. She's like, I, I stayed up because I saw I was going to overtime, and I'm sorry. And I was like, Yeah, me too. And she just said, I hate them. And I said, Yeah, me too. She goes, No, I really hate them. And I said, I know, me too. And she says, They they've ruined your life. <laughs> and I said, well. and yeah. honestly, yeah, I was trying to think if she was being tongue in cheek or like just hyperbolic, but right. you know. They, because they like obviously they haven't right. Like there's right. so many bigger problems in the sure, world, of and course. whatever. But right. the fact that I make them a huge problem is yeah. sad. And yeah. uh, this was a team that really didn't deserve better, but tricked us into us thinking that they did. <laughs> and I feel fooled. That's actually a really great way to put it. Because I again, like I said at the top, like you know, losing in six games is not you know I, I don't think a surprising ending for this team, but. The way it went down made you think that they could do it, and then they didn't. And so they don't really deserve better, but they made us believe that they they did. And that's that's the brutal part. Um, like I said before, my wife was chaperoning the junior prom. She comes home. I asked her how it was. We chit-chat back and forth a little bit. And uh, I had the at that point, I had the Seattle-Colorado uh, game on, and she was like, oh, is the game still going on? And I said, oh, no, it's over. And I just went on this like five minute long tirade about basically what I talked about before. And she just stood there and she's like, oh, oh, so I'm like, she just, yeah, basically was like really sad for me. And I just that I'm like, I'm glad you weren't here because the look on my face would have really had you concerned that I was going to do something very drastic because it was very bad. But uh, but yeah, they know us very well. Um, let, let's go through a couple of um, specific sort of sad threads to this ending uh and kind of get them out of the way uh and right off the bat we talked a little bit about Sorokin at first he would not without the Islanders without him the Islanders would not have been here period end of story yeah you could be mad about the goal I saw a lot of people guys I'm begging you please I I get it there's a lot of bad opinions out there a lot of bad takes Twitter is still the you know ground zero for that sort of stuff you don't need to retweet them. You don't need to stink up everybody's timelines by promoting the dumbest people on earth saying that I wouldn't give Sorokin 8 million a year. Dude, if you don't, you're giving somebody a Stanley Cup. <laughs> like <laughs> they need to sign Eddie Sorokin. Without Sorokin, this team wouldn't even be here. I would he's gonna get heart trophy votes, which is like 
when is the last time an Islander goalie got those? We don't know when the last time an Islander got them, but like this guy without him, he wouldn't be there. Was that last goal? Did it suck? Yes, it did. But again, he is the linchpin of this team going forward. People talking about rebuilds. Oh, they got to do this. They got to, they're not rebuilding. They, nobody wants who, whatever they're going to sell. They got two guys signed for eight years. They're probably going to have a third in Sorokin. Nobody's getting rebuilt anywhere. So that's stuff we can, we can throw out. Um, but right off the, so Sorokin is at the top of the list, but right close behind him is Zach Parisi. Uh, Zach had a great season, 21 goals. We talked about a million times. It's felt great having him here. We waited too long. He's clearly a leader in the locker room. They talk to him after every game, his media, you know, savvy is off the charts, obviously after being captain for years and, you know, uh, being facing Minnesota and New Jersey. And, uh, he apparently after the game just sat silent, you know, this is the one time he didn't talk to anybody and apparently, you know, had a really blank look on his face, got a hug from Kyle Palmieri after it was over. And it made it sound like a very sad situation. Uh, I'm not going to sit clear out day again is tomorrow. I'm sure we'll hear more. I'm not going to sit here and speculate whether or not this guy is going to retire or not after the season he had. I don't know why he would, but it's up to him. Um, but this is, this is by far the worst part of this is that this guy who we waited for so long to become an Islander came here embraced the team embraced us we embraced him and did everything you could possibly do for 164 games without missing a beat uh may have played his last game with the team may have played his last game in the nhl and again i'm i'm just not prepared to to deal with that even if he says it or whatever depending on whatever he says tomorrow or maybe not depending i'm not prepared to to live life without Zach Greasy on the Islanders. And it's funny because three years ago, he wasn't an Islander. <laughs> and now, now he's an, in, he's an, you know, a, 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 an indelible and, um, you know, a part about that they can't go without. And I know you feel the same, but like, yeah. ha- have you contemplated this over the last couple of days? Yeah, it was just absolutely terrible. Cause there was yeah. that, that shot of Parisi mm. and Pajot on the Islanders bench and mm. game five. And he just like, was. it looks, he, he looks so happy. Uh, knowing that the, he's got another game to play, and mm. the way that that ends, like like I keep going back, it's just the the layers to this. So so of course it just doesn't end the Islander season, but that that ending is going to be it for him. Perhaps mm. it's almost certainly going to be it for Josh Bailey's Islander career. Mm. Like yes, I, oh, yeah, I know sure. I, I know that Bailey didn't play in the series and was terrible this season, right. but like come on yeah that's how it's this all of this is gonna end is with that <laughs> it it could like the, my, my general feeling right now on the team moving forward is there's definitely going to be one kind of move a, a deletion off the roster that we sure. don't see coming i don't I know mean, who it'll be scott mayfield is he understood yeah like scott agent, mayfield like know? even hit like like the scott mayfield's islander career has had moments of everything and but he's been here for since that that capital series like right that's how it ends for him like it could be like you know you know varlamov we're, we're, we're like there's right. there's so many different layers to to get through and uh that feeling walking out of the building just knowing how shitty you felt and knowing that a couple hundred feet away under the the arena there's Zach Parisi just coming to grips with 
whatever just happened. Like, it's just, it was terrible. And I, I don't know. Like, it it sucks to, to deal with. And it it's all part of, you know, that whole kind of ethos that we've had all along is, yeah, the lows for this team are just stupidly low and, and almost you almost have to go out of your way to make them up. Hmm. Uh, but when that, when, when the highs come, like they, it makes it that much more worth it. And when you're dealing with what we just dealt with on Friday night, it's kind of hard to, to see it that way. It's like, is it, it might just not be worth it because I, I don't <laughs> make that might've just ended Zach Parisi's Islander yeah. and NHL career. And I don't want that to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. As of right now, it's, a, it's hard to take a lot of positives away from it. Um, also, you know, you look at Bo Horvat, Matt Barzell, these guys were ostensibly are the top offensive players of this team. Didn't have great series. Horvat had that one garbage time goal. Barzell had two goals, which is, which is great. And he looked good, but you know, without a functioning power play, which the Islanders have not had in quite some time, those two guys were, were very much neutered. Um, Anders Lee had a terrible series again, garbage time goal in a win, but did not have a, a very, uh, productive season or excuse me, series Nelson Palmieri Engvall was good. Uh, Hudson fashion took a little while to get going. His line with Parisi and, and Paul, um, Pajot could look good at times, but again, it took him a while to get going. Pajot, I don't think he had, did he have any points in this series? I'm no, not even sure. I thought he was really good in game five too. I thought so too. <laughs> like the problem is, like Pajot, that line, Fashion, Parisi, Pajot, they they deserve blame, but they only deserve it because the 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 first line right. couldn't score. Like like yeah. they're not they're supposed to score in support of a first line, but when the yeah. first line's not scoring, all of a sudden you're like, well, someone's got to step up because <laughs> the the good players aren't. So right, yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah, it's. I thought they looked good too, and I mean, I think defensively they probably were okay, but. um yeah, offensively, it just is, especially with Pajot, he's such a known playoff performer. Yeah. It's it's especially disappointing. And then the fourth line, you know, we just talked about guys who might be deleted from this this roster next year. Casey Sezikis won't because he's signed for the most time, but he's still got the most gas left in the tank. But I think, and we're going to get all into this much more in the second half of this episode, but I think it's fair to wonder what the futures are for Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck. Uh, yep. Clutterbuck obviously had a huge goal in, in game six, but overall, they got absolutely destroyed in terms of shot share. They weren't doing what they needed to do. You'd think, you know, this is the line that causes all the the bruising physical punishment that oftentimes happens in a playoff series. And I just don't think they did it. Of course, Martin had that terrible penalty in game uh, four that led to a, a Hurricanes goal. They just weren't as sharp as they were. And to be blunt, that's probably to be expected. I mean, these guys are older now. Clutterbuck just cannot stay healthy for a full season. I'm sure that's incredibly frustrating. I thought Martin had a great regular season, so I was expecting a little bit more in the in the playoffs. But again, like you said, when the first line isn't working, it look you look to the depth to score the goals. And if what if what you said about the third line is true, then it, that's doubly true for the fourth line. Most teams don't have a fourth line that scores at all. The Islanders' fourth line has been great in playoff series in the past, but. This this might be the last ride for them. I mean, I think we need to kind of understand that too. And maybe at this point it hasn't quite sunk in yet. But if if one of them announces his retirement or, you know, gets <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna get traded or anything, but like they're just they get bought out for that last season. I just 
you know, it's all of a sudden going to sink in like, man, that this is an era of Islanders hockey that that may have come to a close. The, the yep. fourth line, the best fourth line in hockey era, uh, you know, which spans a couple of coaches and stuff. And that, that'll be sad. Like, that'll be just a really sad thing. And again, it's all down to this one last game that ended in the worst possible way <laughs> in <laughs> overtime on one of the worst goals we've ever seen. So. Yeah. And and the thing with like Martin and Clutterbuck, I, I know I know a lot of people. They are really high on bringing Hudson Fashing and, and of course, Parisi back. And right. that'd be great. But. If you're bringing Hudson Fashing back, you're not bringing him back to be a, you know, second line scorer or even right. like a third line player. Like he becomes redundant. Yeah. yeah. And on a fourth line with Sezikis, I mean, that would work. That would yeah. be pretty good. And they they looked really good together, sure. the two of them, earlier in the year when when Clutterbuck, I think, was hurt or something. And hmm. uh, but if you if if Clutterbuck and Martin are like, nah, we'll we'll be back, and and the team's <laughs> like, yeah, well, of course they're, we're gonna just plug those right. guys in. Right. Uh, then all of a sudden you're like, well, is there even a role for this guy fashing who was right. great, you know, and became yeah. a great story and right. really Islander fans loved him. And, and right. he, you could totally see him being very effective in the kind of Cal Clutterbuck spot on that fourth line. But, mm. uh, you know, like a Parisi Sezikis fashing line would be hell of a lot of fun, but you can't do it. If, if, if both those guys are, are back really like it's, it yeah. becomes really, Right. Then you're because like well, it it becomes weird and, yeah. and redundant, and then right. you're just like, okay, we're gonna bring back the same team again. Like you, you know, yeah. it's like there's there's got to be change at some point, right. and we know it, and it sucks. I don't want like I I wish that they could mm-hmm. just keep bringing these guys back right. <laughs> forever, you, and, and and it would yeah. be, you know it would work. But you wish you could just level up the guys that they already have, like, right? Like this yeah. was a video game, and you could just. And Ed. you could just buy yeah. crystals or something that increased all of their stats and, and things like or give somebody a new piece of armor that all of a sudden makes his you know defensive prowess go up by, you know, two, two tenths of a point or something like that. But it's not how it works. I mean, don't forget, Fashing really had that spot because Oliver Wallstrom got hurt. Like right. if Wallstrom was here, how does that affect things? I mean, yeah. he could have been 0 for the series, too, or he could have scored six goals and, you know, the Islanders could have swept the Hurricanes. I mean, who knows? But it's without... Yeah. And That's he's like fine. another one. Like if, if yeah. like he's right. he's gonna, you'd assume the like the the Islanders wouldn't want to just, you know, cut cut ties and try to trade him or whatever. Like he's an RFA Wallstrom, right. so he's and he's one of the few, uh, you know, pre prime players on this right. this team. Potential is still and, very there for one. Yeah, and right. so <laughs> like it's that's that's all brewing. Uh, and now we're we're faced with how are they going to have to deal with it because right. Adam Pellick turned a puck over to fucking Derek Stepan and <laughs> Paul Stastny scores this one in a million goal against Gosh. maybe the best goalie in the league and yeah uh, mm. yeah and and it, it it is almost appropriate that their fourth line did it yeah uh, and and I think also you know that kind of goes back to being reactive and not proactive too uh in the series it's like we we saw a full fourth line shift martin Clutter, clutterbuck and sezikis in a 1-1 game mm. three minutes or so left in game six <laughs> in regulation yeah so yeah there's there's you know i i think uh you know there i'm pretty frustrated with like just how the islanders game planned out that this series because i think mm. you know from from playing baldick too much in in the beginning wow. you know not that. yeah not 
moving Dobson off power play one originally, and then and just the the refusal to shorten the bench. Yeah, you know wh- whether did it co- did it cost the Islanders? No, but it definitely didn't. Or or mm. maybe it did, but it definitely didn't. The coaching didn't help. I would yeah. say more than anything, and and that's like another thing. Like this goal, kind of all of a sudden casts doubt on 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 that. On, on the coach. <laughs> yeah. He did shorten the bench a little bit by keeping Matt Barzell off the ice for the better yeah. part of that third period. So, you know, he did, but not that, <laughs> you know, Ugh. do something. No, not that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just joking, but like, I'm totally in agreement with you. I, I do think that there's questions there. Um, real quick on, on the hurricanes themselves, because I suppose we should talk about them for one second. God knows nobody's ever going to, you're not going to hear any analysis of the Islanders anywhere. Uh, and you're going to see here plenty about the hurricanes, but we might as well say, Hey, this team could have been beaten to be quite blunt. I mean, yes, they were, you could argue that they were the better team, certainly in most in the majority of the games. Uh, and you know, winning them winning is not, not totally crazy, obviously, but there was enough here to latch on to If you're an Islanders fan to think that this team is probably going to have a bad time in the second round, versus either the Rangers or Devils. Like, I just I just can't... What are they going to do against a team who actually scores on the power play? I don't know. Good question. I mean, they scored on the power play. What are they going to do against a team that can kill a penalty, which the Islanders forgot how to do when the playoffs started? So, uh, good luck to them. I don't know what's going to happen. Freddie Anderson, of course, we got to start. We didn't even talk about him. It was a bit of a surprise, and I think I and a lot of other people were kind of licking our chops at the idea of a guy who hadn't played in months getting a start in, a, in an elimination game, but... Hey, credit to him. He played really well, uh, especially in the first two periods to keep that game one nothing. When he when he missed that Clutterbuck snipe, you know, you thought, oh boy, here we go. You know, the yep. floodgates are going to open, but they didn't. And uh, and hey, you know what? Good for him. Uh, but uh, I still don't think that that this team is going to go very far. The step on thing is funny because the way the the play happened, I could have swore that that pass was intercepted or that clearing attempt by Pellick was intercepted by Brent Burns because he had been everywhere. He had a great series. I thought he had been every. I thought that was him. And then as I watched that the slow motion right there after the game, I was like, "Come on, Derek Stepan, really?" And then I made, and then that just made everything so much worse. So again, these guys—they won the series. They were the better team by a hair. Good for them. Congratulations. Good luck against a team that can score in the power play. <laughs> like that's yeah. all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's so frustrating now because you think about who they might play in the next round, and you're like, "Yeah, they don't stand a." good chance against the one team we don't want to see them play <laughs> especially like you know, like that team just loses to them easily and just makes it worse makes it much worse and uh we'll dive into that much worse on the other side of this break if you would like to hear this podcast without the obtrusive corporate interruptions head over to patreon.com slash islanders anxiety to sign up for one of our subscription tiers Plans start as low as two bucks a month, and you can get ad-free episodes of the show, plus bonus podcasts. We have a lot of uh, bonus stuff happening, Mike's newsletter, my book club, and uh, all kinds of stuff is happening there. We're going to have our our mailbag uh, throughout the summer. I'll talk a little bit more about that in the next episode. It's never a bad time to sign up, patreon.com slash islandersanxiety for ad-free episodes and more. So do that today, and we'll be back after the break. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And now a word from our favorite sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, jerseys, and more featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Just added Columbus Chill jerseys. Very, very cool. Very 90s. Check them out. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. If you spend $50 or more, you can use the code 4CUPS, that's F-O-U-R-C-U-P-S, to get a free The Island coffee mug or pint glass or an Islanders Anxiety Puck of your choice. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and are available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at ThePinotProject.com. Please drink responsibly. The fine folks of FOCO have done it again. They have another new Islanders bobblehead for you to pre-order. This is a combination brian trottier matt barzell then and now bobblehead it's got both of them skating in front of a uh, nasa coliseum bench it's very very cool and it is very very limited there are only 72 of these get it synergy 72 so get to foco.com and pre-order this today again it's called then and now it's trottier and barzell i'll put the link in the podcast description and in the article and uh, check it out if you're a collector this is going to be something that you're going to want and uh, if you are kind of on the fence don't wait because there's not very many of them that's foco.com. Okay, so after the game was over, uh, our text chat was was alive, as you can imagine, with lots of cursing and anger. Uh, and Mike brought up something that I think was a great kind of uh, topic to discuss in the second half of this episode, which is a very simple question. How fucked are the Islanders for the future? Uh, you, very bluntly, in that uh text chat we're like these guys are fucked now for 15 years so uh i guess we'll start there do you still feel that way and um give me why and i i don't don't know i i will take the counterpoint but i'm not too far off from what you're thinking but just kind of give me your your thought process behind that no i don't i i my thought process 
was that I was really sad. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I figured it was, uh, cause it was I, at least fifty percent of that whole thing, probably. Yeah, and I don't like. I don't feel that way, but I feel that there's a poss there's there's that possibilities there now, mm. right? Yeah. Like, sure. I think that the two of us were were would push back on that, and we push mm. back on it a little bit. Um, in the pre- preseason, even even after what we went through last year, was that you know this, this they, they there is still something here. Like this team does have the bones and of a good team, and um, but my uh, I, I think it's fair to 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 worry now that c- considering who the Islanders are, like the, the Islanders are the Islanders. They are not a big ticket. They're not uh, a big market. They're the Islanders, so it's always going to be harder for them to sustain success compared to teams that are much more stable in terms of finances and Mm. they can spend around the salary cap more with, with whatever and they didn't have to deal with being the threat of relocation for a lifetime and yeah. uh like you think about winnipeg for example uh i think the islanders and Winni- the winnipeg jets have a lot in common in terms of a small fan base it's passionate but it's it's not an easy they're they're not easy to navigate because of the constraints and i don't know maybe malkin and ledecky and the the new arena change that we'll see uh it's only year two but um the potential for the Islanders to be screwed for a long time is just always going to be there. Right. And it's always going to be the first thing I think about after a season ends because, well, I lived through it. Like, and so, <laughs> so did you. And so did everybody living through this, right. listening to this podcast. We watched this team uh, circle the drain yeah. for decades. I mean, that and, was the default setting for decades. Right. Exactly. <laughs> for a long time. And that, the fear of that cliff is just there and it, mm. and it presents itself a lot more when this, when a season ends than when it's still going on. And there, there's the question now just is, is, is the group that, that they have to build around, which I think is good. Like mm. I, I know Bo Horvat deserves a criticism for playing a bad series, but uh, you know, having a, a, a nucleus of Horvat Barzell, Rock Nelson with with like a Ryan Ryan Polak, Anna Pelic, Romanov, uh, who I'm gonna say Sebastian Aho now instead of Dobson, <laughs> and 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 the goalie, like yeah. it's there, it's good enough, but you just have to wonder about the now the the supporting cast because of age and and contract situations and stuff, and I think there's like a way out of the mess, but there's also a way that the mess becomes even worse, and and it's scary. Um, yeah. And and I want to say like about that with Horvat, like the Islanders traded for Bo Horvat to infuse their team with with offense, and it was looking like a great, it was all coming sure. together really nicely. At first, it was that yeah. was one hundred percent what was going on. And then when Matt Barzell got hurt, and the Islanders were in a situation where they basically needed to win three or or get like seven out of every ten possible points down the stretch. Mm. They needed Bo Horvat to become a completely different player. They basically said, <laughs> "You see that guy over there, number fifty-three, who plays between Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck. We need you to become just like him." Yeah. Into down the stretch, like there's there's just no way 
that you can be the kind of first line offensively minded center with Andersley and Simon Holmstrom or Josh Bailey on your on your wing and, and this to work. Like you you're gonna we're gonna have to be a team that plays the Nelson line as the top line and we're gonna we're, we'll have three checking lines. That's the only way this team could get to the playoffs. And it was true. Like they had to grind out every second of every game to have a chance to make the playoffs. And then basically we're like, okay, by the way, now you need to be the Bo Horvat that we traded for um that was in vancouver against a really good defensive team so i'm not worried about him at all like in terms of is this is bo horvat just suddenly this this player that we saw in the series so like i don't think that's part of the mess but what is is like do i feel the same sense of confidence about uh you know anders lee or just the fact that you know they got two really good seasons out of brock nelson and i love brock but um you, you just don't know are you gonna get is that kind of production like out of him as he keeps getting older and and i think i think it's a safe bet but you just never know similarly like pajot like he's now up there but on the wrong side of 30 so all of these thoughts just come flooding into your mind uh after season ends and you wonder like how how where does this go like where does this go from here and and i think the islanders had pretty clear answers for the past few off seasons uh, last year, I think we all thought the answer was, yep, they're going to get a, a prime time first line scorer and not do not <laughs> basically nothing else. And instead they got Alex Romanov and did nothing else, but like <laughs> we, we at least had an idea of what the plan was. Yeah. I honestly don't have any idea what to expect out of, out of this off season at all. Like I yeah. could 1 million percent see them being like, yep. Couldn't really find anything on the market. So you know, everybody's back. We're going to totally. just try it again. And then having to spend all of September gearing myself up and being like trying to convince myself that they can do it. Or I can see just some, it being a summer of hard goodbye. So yeah. Yeah. I think all of that kind of rushing into my brain at the same time made me say that because I do think that there's a possibility this could go south. And, um, but I also, you know, I, I, I would say that the, the Islanders are, uh, yeah, they're not doomed to, to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and I'm looking at the cap friendly page right now and I, I don't recommend it, but it, it would be probably easier to follow along if you were. Uh there's there's definitely I mean, we have been conditioned to expect this team to just run it back. Like they, they basically have done that for the most part over the course of, you know, this Lou Lamorello era, and I'll get to him specifically in a couple of minutes. Um, and yes, okay. There have been changes, obviously Palmieri and Peugeot weren't there in the beginning and Sorokin has come along now, but the, you know, 90% of this team has remained unchanged for a very, very long time. We talked about that before the start of this season. It's just, it's incredible to us how, how much of this team has been here for so long. So it's, it's reasonable, I think, to expect them to continue doing that. But at the same time, given how this season played out. And given how this series played out and given how some of these guys performed over the course of not just this series, but the season as well, I think there might be some hard questions to be asked here that might lead to some hard goodbyes. And, you know, salary cap wise, it's going to be where I don't think the cap is going up. I got to be honest, I'm not up on my uh, cap gymnastics, uh, wherever we're at now. I think we might be getting a million dollar bump or something. Seattle may have you know caused a, a little bit of a bump there, but overall, they're not going to get a lot of relief, so they're going to have to create some. I think it's fair to say that Josh Bailey probably will get bought out. He's got one million, one year left at five million. 
Uh, I think it's reasonable to assume that Scott Mayfield won't be back. I really do, unless he's going to take a, a serious, you know, hometown discount. And why would he? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe he wants that. I don't know. He's 30 years old. Maybe he wants to stay. And he's not going to. Maybe he, he he seems like the kind of guy who, and this is a no, no disrespect to Scott Mayfield at all. Like, every year there are free agents that totally misread the market for them. And they might go into free agency either thinking or their agent has them thinking that, you know, you, you get a big payday. Like, there could, there's going to be a lot of teams looking for you. And then before you know it, it's September and they haven't signed anything. And they end up signing a one-year deal with like the Panthers or something. So like I could see Scott Mayfield being one of those guys. Uh, I could see him coming back for a reasonable deal. I mean, he's been making only 1.4 million these last couple of years. And and yes, is Scott Mayfield a perfect player? Absolutely not. Does he elevate his game in the playoffs and do things that a lot of guys don't do in that in the postseason? Yes, he does. Uh, and for to do all that for less than two million a year has been an unbelievable bargain and a gift to the Islanders. But maybe those days are over. I don't know. I could see Varlamov coming back at a much reduced rate. He was making $5 million this year, uh, and his deal is up, and he's going to be a UFA. I could see him staying for a much cheaper deal, but I want to know why he didn't play more this season. I really do. I mean, maybe was he hurt? Like, I don't understand. Not, not so much in this series. You know, again, there were a lot of calls for to start Varlamov in game six. No, that, that, that would have been a bad idea. But he could have played a few more games down the stretch. Uh, as far as I know, maybe he's hurt. I don't know. So... He's kind of a wild card. I could see him coming back again for a reduced price, but that would open up, I don't know, what, $8 million maybe under the cap? And I don't know what that means, and I do think it gets back to what you were just saying. Like, there's there's a chance that some, somebody who's an important player making a lot of money might end up not being on this team anymore. The problem is a lot of these guys have no have trade protection. Anders Lee <laughs> has a no-trade clause. I don't think Anders Lee has gone anywhere. He's, he means too much to this team in terms of community and whatnot. Um, I don't think Nelson's gone anywhere just because he's Nelson, but like Peugeot, Palmieri, uh, those guys have trade protection and it could be, I mean, if anyone is going to get of those two, I think Peugeot would have a bigger market. I think there's be a lot of people out there that were looking for Peugeot. He's got three more years left at 5 million. I love JG Peugeot. I don't want to see him trade. I'm not advocating that they trade him, but I think he might be the most attractive piece. But as we've seen having three years left with 5 million a year, that's a hard ticket for a lot of teams to take, man. Like people are like, well, why do they, people are still mad about the Taves trade without realizing that nobody wanted Nick Letty two years at 5 million a year. Like that's a lot for Nick Letty. One year at 5 million is one thing they could take him, And then the Red Wings took him, and they traded him to St. Louis at the deadline. Like that's the kind of thing teams can work with three years, 5 million a clip. I don't know how many, how many teams can, can really take that. Uh, and that that's going to be a lot. Now, as far as the fourth line goes, I mean, what do you think? Like, do you think that Clutterbuck and, and Martin, who both have one year left, Clutterbuck at one seven five, Martin at one one and a half? I mean, is it possible that both of these guys just retire together? I don't know. <laughs> I, then now I, I feel like I'm projecting, but yeah, I mean, is that possible? I, I, I feel like I feel like it's it's pretty hard to believe that they're both hmm. and I, I like they're not going to just like turn down the, the money, right? So like, right, it's but it's one of those situations where you you'd have to think about who's running the Islanders roster next year. Is it going to yes. be Lamarillo or not? Because if it's Lamarillo, like I don't, I can't see Lou Lamarillo going to Cal Clutterbuck or Matt Martin saying, at least this version, the Islanders version of Lou Lamarillo saying, mm. uh, you know, we we're training you guys to, we're training you to, to Nashville to play for Barry <laughs> Trotz, right? Like, right. Um, we just needed to clear the space. Like I, I just don't, mm. I can't see it. So, but I love how we decided that 
Everybody the Islanders don't want, they can just trade to Nashville because yeah, is running Bailey, the team Bailey Clutterbuck and, and Martin are <laughs> Johnson. going to Nashville. Ross, Ross Johnson, <laughs> but Ross the boss. Um, but yeah, you, you run through the names and and it's it's hard. I I do think there's gonna be there's gonna have to be one surprising kind of goodbye here and and, yeah. and Pajot I think is is the one that most people will default to and it makes the most logical sense because right. teams will need center depth. At all, at all times, team, somebody yeah. will take a center and a $5 million third-line center. I know for three years is not the easiest ticket to take, but uh, there will I think just there will be desperate teams for it. Sure. You look at you look at what the, the Minnesota Wild kind of ruled out in, <laughs> in, for their centers. In, He'd be their top-line center almost. Maybe. I know. <laughs> and, and, and they made the playoffs. And so even the like a team like the Avalanche, like they right. they needed a – a JG, JG Pajot type this season. And uh, there, so I, I do think like he'll have a market and it's hard to, I still think it's unlikely that when you go through each individual player, whether it's mm. uh, Lee, Pal- Pajot, Palmer, whatever, you go down the list, it's it's more unlikely than not that those individuals get moved. But when you put them all together, I think that those percentages then would add up to probably one of them not, right. not coming back. And, uh, yeah, and it'll be tough yeah. to see, and and like with Mayfield, the same thing. Like it's it's hard to to imagine him in another u- uniform right now, but mm. it, unless he he wants to just s- take that cut, like yeah. it's just not going to happen. And the Islanders are going to go into next season with their five sure things on the blue line of of Pelic, Polak, and Romanov, Dobson, and and Aho, and the sixth spot will be up for grabs, but. And Scott Mayfield will be elsewhere, and mm. uh, yeah, we'll have a lot of time to kind of sort through, like <laughs> sort through it all. But it, yeah. I, I'm just, I think that the the message here is like they, something has to happen, um, for this team to to improve. I hate the fact that we need to, are we gonna rebuild or retool? Like, no, you don't need to do either. Like, that's right. We don't need to put a label on and on yes. on just having an off season. Like, they don't need to fall into these buckets, right? Of of things. The Islanders are going to hopefully try to improve their team next year, which is what you're supposed to do every off season. Um, and something they failed at doing uh, in off seasons, basically for a couple <laughs> years in a row now. And uh, I really don't know who's going to be running the ship. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess we'll probably have some idea tomorrow what, what things will look like. And, yeah. But at the same time, nobody's going to say shit. Yeah. They, no, these guys true. don't say, say they, nobody's, says anything about anything with this team. So yeah. it's not like they're going to say that, you know, Lula Marilla, are you going to be back? He's going to say, well, you know, that's between me and the owner and, you know, you'll see. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and the same thing with like, you know, the coaching staff, I'm sure we'll get like the vote of confidence. And hmm. we found out that Barry Trotz was fired a couple weeks after move out day. Right. Yeah. Um, out of nowhere. I know it's like a Monday morning press, con- uh, press release. So, hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we're we're going to be in the dark here for a little bit and just you're going to be arguing with people on Twitter whether they need to do this or that and whatever and at the end of the day it just it'll shake out how it does and there, I just think there's going to be some some painful stuff to get through um, yeah. you know, Bailey's obviously at the top of the list and mm. the, but you know it's just a sacrifice like they if they can somehow get his full 5 million off the books for next year mm. uh, then you're looking at you know 12 million in cap assuming a 30 83 and a half million dollar cap and if they can you know 
shed a little bit more, then the possibilities come up and they can be one of the teams that raids Winnipeg for, <laughs> for all the players that want to leave. Right. But uh, they need to do something to to be able to get into those conversations for, for a, a difference maker while still being able to sign, bring back the folks that need to fill out the rest of the roster. So, yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, you, you brought up Lula Amarillo and I, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy again, maybe I'm projecting. We won't find out until a while after, like you said, I feel like there's maybe a slightly better than 50% chance that Lou is not running this team next year. If, if his contract is truly up, um, I think it's pretty obvious that this team needs something. Uh, again, I'm with you. Let's not label it. Let's just get better players. <laughs> but whether you call it a retool or or rebuild or refresh, whatever, some they need to get better players. They need to get faster or at least guys that can play faster. Uh, and I think that as for all the things he's done for this team, and make no mistake, I don't, I get that people hate him or whatever. This team is in a position now where losing in the first round of the playoffs is a huge disappointment. And that is due in large part to Lou Lamorello. Like we would, if, you know, there were years where it was, well, get to the playoffs and then see what happens. Now it's, no, you got to get to the playoffs and you got to win a round or else it's a failure. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. So um, that's all due to Lou Lamorello, or at least, you know, in large part, again, due to, due to Lou Lamorello. But I think there is room for improvement on this team and, and they need something because they can't run this roster back again. And, you know, Mayfield, I don't think I, I can't see a scenario in which he's making gets more than three million a year, which would be basically double what he's been making that I could probably live with. But it's going to depend on on other moves that are, that got made. Uh, and you're looking at a situation where even if moves are made, you're going to need guys that are here to shake off whatever they had this year and produce more than they did. Noah Dobson is number one. Like this guy, again, he was on pace for a phenomenal season halfway through. And then sometime in January, he just, his brain yep. just turned itself off. Like, I don't know yep. what happened. <laughs> Hopefully he's okay and not hurt. But, and he had obviously had a terrible playoff series. He's signed for two more years at $4 million a, per, a, a piece. And he's an RFA after that. So like, you're looking at, he's going to be getting more from that if he's still here. Like he's a guy they need to play better. And another guy I'm looking at, and he's the star of the team, and I love him to death. And he's committed here, and I love that. Is Matt Barzell? Matt Barzell turns 26 years old at the end of May. Okay, so you know, a month from today or so, he needs to decide what kind of player he's going to be. And and again, I love the guy. He's got all the skill in the world. He's probably the the most skilled player on the team. It's either him, Nelson, or you know, Varlamov. I guess not uh, Sorokin. If you want to throw that, you know, the goalies in there. But like, what is this guy going to be? If he's going to be a number one center. He needs to produce offensively like a number one center. If he's going to be a number one winger with Horvat or whoever else is his center, he needs to produce as a first line winger. That means, you know, 30 goals or whatever it is. Like he needs to be this thing. And we've always heard his, his idols are Patrick Kane and Sidney Crosby. And that's great. That's fantastic. Use those guys as idols. You need to produce like those guys. All regular season. Yes, he was hurt for a portion of regular season. Obviously, he, again, he had to get off to a great start. Then he slowed down and then he got hurt and then he came back and he just never was quite right in this playoff series. So, but this guy is nearing 26 years old. He is signed long-term. He is an Islander for a long, long time. And that's beautiful. I want to give him a hug and a kiss on the cheek for doing that. He needs to decide what kind of player he's going to be because the Islanders can't have a number one player 
that doesn't produce the way a number one player produces. It's just, it's just not, it's not going to work. And it's the same with, with the defensemen too. They, I'll tell you one guy who's not going to be back next year is going to be John McClain. No offense, <laughs> but you're the, you're in charge of one of the worst power plays in the history of the NHL. You need to go pal. I'm sorry. I don't care what your history was with Lou Lamorello, but besides that, besides techniques, they need defensemen who can break the puck out, who can run a damn power play. And right now, they don't have anybody that can do that. They have good defensemen, Pelik and Pulik, obviously, but like, and you know, maybe Aho has some some skill at that, but they need somebody that's gonna run a power play like an NHL power play is supposed to be run. Right now they don't they don't have that. So somebody either needs to get on that train or get out <laughs> and get somebody in who can. And I don't know if Shane Gostaspair is the guy, he's an easy UFA to mention here, but um that needs to that needs to be fixed. This team needs to operate and score offensively like an NHL team can. Or get to the point where you don't give up any goals at all. That's the only other option. And become so defensively stifling, you average one one or two goals allowed per game. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Those are the only two options you have. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and there's there's the the UFAs are. Um, yeah, they're not good. It's not. Yeah. So, but you, you know, there's the one thing I will say is like, there's always opportunity um, to. That, that just pop up the Bjork strand trade and the patchy ready trade. Like those trades just yeah. come out of nowhere in the off season. Um, so like there's, they're going to be there. And I think there's, there's ways to fill these holes, but I th- I know, you know, I think that you're get uh, onto something that I don't think people are, are realizing with the Islanders yet, which is they probably do need a difference making defenseman mm-hmm. now, which is yeah. not something I thought they needed. Right. Because you know Pelic and Polak are fine, like they're great. Yeah. You know, as as a pairing and individuals, they are. But they, as a group, this 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 unit has taken a step back because I think a lot of that is Dobson, yeah, uh, not becoming perhaps that difference making defenseman, which it looked like he was on his way to doing, and maybe he still does. Nobody's here is giving up on him, but yeah. uh, they they probably need to go get one now, which is just adding to the you know, kind of that anxiety I was having. It's like th- there's multiple needs now, whereas last off season, it looked like there was just one. And now you're like, okay, you need a, so, still need to infuse the, the forward group with, with some talent. Mm. You probably need a difference making defenseman and you're going to need a, a backup goalie. If Varlamov doesn't take that, you know, a team friendly deal. So a lot of work to be done. And uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? We'll find out, I guess, hopefully tomorrow a little more, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. And then, you know, real quick, um, I want to shelve the draft pick and prospect uh, discussion for another time. Needs to say they both need a lot of work too. But, you know, we haven't even mentioned too. Hudson Fashing, Pierre Engvall, these guys are UFAs. Parisi, obviously, we talked about a lot. Um, you know, what what's the deal with them? Like, will they want to come back? And if so, how much does that mean? Engvall was making $2.2 million this year. That's a lot. Uh, is he going to want to come back for about that or less than that? Eh, I don't know. Is he? Maybe, but depends on how much you like playing here. So I don't know. Again, then then you're just adding more cap, you know, and then and the need to get rid of more guys. So I don't know. It's a it's a weird one. Uh, oh, Parker Watherspoon also a UFA. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, lots of oh, and and Wallstrom is an RFA, but considering the season he had, I don't think that should be much to to bring him back. So. Um, yeah. Oh, Bolduc is also an RFA. Same thing. Uh, so yeah, there, there, there's a lot of questions. So when you said the Islanders were fucked for 15 years, 
at first I laughed and then I thought, oh man, he must be right. But then I was like, I don't know, maybe they're not. So I, if you think one way or the other, you're not wrong. We won't find out until <laughs> the season starts or, you know, things start moving around. But I think it's fair to, to think either one. If you, if you do think that way, listen, I don't blame you. Uh, right. But if you don't, you know, I, I think that's fair too. I think, you know, it's, it's your fan and, and you're allowed to, think hey maybe we need to move some of these guys and and that's fair too because i mean maybe this this era has kind of run their course so there you go um let us turn our attention very quickly at the end here to some other playoff teams and now ex-playoff teams uh let's start with those guys because you've mentioned them a couple times before winnipeg jets were the first team eliminated so thank you for doing that so the islanders weren't uh and have basically just been falling apart uh at the seams since ever since that happened rick bonus gave a very mike milbury-esque press conference after it was over saying that his his team was the same crap as always and and their other team the vegas best players were better than theirs and nobody wants to listen everybody's kind of doing their own thing and all the players are like well you really should have told us that and as my friend Andrew Berkshire put on Twitter, I have a feeling he has probably told them that over the course of the year. They just weren't listening. So it's going to be really interesting uh, what happens there. Who survives, players or coaches? You don't know. The Wild, you talked about also, were eliminated uh, by the Dallas Stars. They were not good. Uh, I don't, again, I'm not a huge fan of the Wild. I think people were overrating them by quite a bit. And now the Tampa Bay Lightning have uh, been eliminated at the hands of the hated. Toronto Maple Leafs are at least hated by us. And uh, yeah, this is just, this is a terrible, terrible scenario to live in. Oh, sorry. The Kings were also eliminated by the Oilers. And I can't believe that the Oilers aren't the most irritating team left in the playoffs. Uh, so there you go. It has uh, the Leafs are, uh, I don't know. Where are you at? I mean, we talked about it before, given the events at UBS arena on Friday night, the events of Saturday where a lot of these eliminations happened, didn't make it any better, but uh yeah. How are you at is in regards to that stuff? Yeah, it's upsetting. Um, like I said, there's layers to this. Yeah, and and one of the the layers was who scored the game winning goal and who was calling it on TV. Like, yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> I said you had to kind of almost go out of your way to make up the <laughs> the twists and turns here. Wow. The next 24 hours later, we had to watch that. Yeah, well, um, I didn't watch it. Somebody, yeah, did. I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, it sucks, um, and we'll be rooting pretty hard for the Bruins here mm. to yeah. to save us all a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah. So, and the obviously the Devils still in like that's yeah. just you know I was a little ticked I will say too just like how many people didn't know better than to like <laughs> pile on the Rangers when they lost Game right. Five. They're all like, new here, apparently. They're what on earth? Yeah. Do do we not do you not know how this team operates? Mm. Like this is everybody gave up on them. The, the dark magic that's associated with that team is you just do not do that until it's until they've lost four in a series. And yeah. now I fear, fear the worst because the, the hurricanes really don't give me inspire much confidence as a, as an opponent. No, so, no. Yeah. Definitely it could don't. get a lot worse for it get better or it might not just not get better for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah, it's it's been tough. Uh you know, the all is not lost. The Devils could regain their their form, you never know. Uh the Bruins might still, you know, have uh, get back to their their sort of stomping ways. Uh Vegas and Dallas both look very good. Uh Vegas is going to go up against Edmonton right now, which is uh, going to be an interesting one. And now uh, there's another game 7 tonight. 
Colorado and Seattle. Who, who could have seen that coming? So, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of intrigue there. Um, as far as the Leafs go, you know, we've had it out with them for a long time. And, and my feeling is that uh, it's going to be annoying, uh, depending on how, how long this, this goes. It's already annoying, and it's only been less than 24 hours. And I find it very difficult to be happy for people that have been shitting on us and our team for the better part of 50 years. And so uh, that's just me. I wish I was a bigger person. <laughs> I wish I was the kind of person. I, I have a lot of friends who are like, oh, good for them. Yeah, you're not going to hear that from me because yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I have a long memory yeah. and a lot and of baggage and I'm not going to do it. I will say that, you know, as upsetting as it was, I I did wake up today and be like, they won one round. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's people are like, congrats on doing the bare minimum. Like, or yeah. I, my friends at uh, Winging in a Motown had a great post uh, saying that uh, after all this, all this trying, John Tavares has finally achieved the status of getting further than the New York Islanders in the playoffs. So yeah. that's you know that's all true. I just I don't want to say anything because we don't know how long this run is going to go. Right. But again, I just it's very difficult to to have positive feelings for people that have never once in any under any circumstance at any point over the last half century had ever had any quality feelings for your team or for you and so yep. i'm just not going to do it i'm just going to abstain yeah from saying anything uh except to you my good friends and listeners <laughs> to the podcast here but uh you know it's it's been it's been a good good playoff so far hopefully again the devils can can take care of business and the bruins too which uh, game is uh, sunday night uh, which might have already ended uh, by the time you're listening to this. Uh, so yeah, like I said, supersized episode today. We had a lot to reckon with. Uh, we will continue to do that. Uh, clear out day for the Islanders is Monday, May 1st. Very nice synergy there. So uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode of Anxiety. Uh, we are also going to put up our mailbag uh, questions post over at the Patreon on Wednesday. So if you want to ask a question and hear our next monthly mailbag episode, you got to sign up for the country club tier over at Patreon and I uh, get your question in and uh, we're going to record that next week. Uh, last summer we did a thing where we basically alternated anxiety and uh, weird Islanders episodes. We're going to do that again. This week is going to be both. There's this one here. And then on Friday, there'll be a new episode of weird Islanders. So next week we'll have anxiety the week after will be weird Islanders next week after that anxiety and so on and so forth. But we will have plenty of stuff over at the Patreon as well. And uh, obviously, if there's some big news, a big trade, hiring, firing, whatever, we'll get together and we'll talk about that as well. Uh, next week, I'll lay out our whole plan for the summer. But uh, that's kind of what we're looking at in the short term. Mailbag post going up on Wednesday at the Patreon. Sign up for the Country Club tier. Get your question in. And you could hear that next week. And then Weird Islanders on Friday. Make sure you follow us at Isles Anxiety Pod. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much to the people that have done it so far. We really, really appreciate it. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day. If you must up-to-date Islanders news and discussion, that was not a, an easy recap right. It was Dom who did it, uh, and uh, I'm kind of glad it was because uh, he has his unique uh, point of view, and, and he always everything he writes always makes me feel much better. I don't know about much better this year, but it wasn't his fault. <laughs> it was the Islanders' fault, but uh, it's great as always, obviously. Visit VintageIceHockey.com. Use the code four cups, get yourself a free coffee mug, pint glass, or a puck uh, when you spend $50 or more. Try wines from the Pinot Project. Follow the Fans First Sports Network, Fans First SN on Twitter. And uh, Mike, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski. Read his work and, re and listen to his work at Action Network. The podcasts are still coming. Soccer's 
winding down. So uh, there's plenty of uh, Wonder Girl stuff there for you to listen to from Mike. Uh, any final thoughts to wrap this up? I know that's an impossible ask, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. We're, 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 let me ask you this. What do you think we're going to hear on Monday at clear out day? Whether good, bad, or infuriating. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it, it'll be mostly the latter. Of, <laughs> I think because I think it's going to be a lot of nothing yeah. from from basically everybody, the mm. cone of silence, etc. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do. I just you know I hope that as we get a couple more days removed, like I can look back and be like, you know what, they did make the playoffs in a year that a lot of people didn't think they were, and yeah. you know the stretch run was fun, and there were some moments during even during the series that were a lot of fun. But yeah, right now it's still too too uh, raw, and there's too many of the bad guys still playing hockey, so <laughs> it's kind of hard. I agree. I agree. I think these wounds are going to be open for quite some time. Uh, but here's the best thing. The Penguins still didn't make the playoffs. So there you go. Yeah. So think about that and that'll help you. That'll make you smile a little bit for sure. Uh, but yeah, so we'll be back next week uh, with another Islanders anxiety. Also, we're going to be recording our mailbag. So get over to Patreon and sign up so you can ask some questions and uh, hear that. And until next time, thanks a lot. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.